What's the game-changing realization that helped you build a high-performing team? That question is at the center of every episode of the HR Impact Show. Every HR professional wants to build a team that has empowered managers, engaged employees, and an organization that's striving to become elite. The challenge is that you're often told to do more with less. We're gonna fix that. Every week, we will feature executive and senior HR leaders from across the country, and they will share with us their actionable insights and best practices that can help empower you to create an engaged elite workforce. Here's the show. Thank you for joining us today on the HR Impact Show. I am your friendly neighborhood talent strategy nerd, Dr. Jim. And in today's episode, we are going to pick up a critical learning and it's gonna be in the area of how technology can be a massive enabler or blocker to your HR initiatives and how you can actually position yourself for success by leveraging it properly. The person who is going to take us through that conversation is joining us today. She's got 20 years of HR experience uh, with massive experience in leadership, uh, in strategy, mergers and acquisition, ESG initiatives. She's done this in both domestic and international contexts, and she's got a balance of both theory and execution, primarily in the energy and consulting domains. Lilith Kirsch, welcome yeah. to the show. Hi, thank you for introduction. It's very nice of you. Why don't you share with the listeners some additional uh, context that you feel is important for them to know about your background, your experience, things that you're going to bring to the table when we get into the meat of the discussion. I've been in human resources world for over 20 years, and I worked in HR different segments. I worked in benefits. I worked in employee records. I worked with employee relations, compliance. In human resources, it is important to always stay with the changing time and learn the new technology because that is how we support all the core disciplines in human resources. Will it be benefits? Will it be compliance? Will it be employee succession? Will it be performance reviews? It all needs technology. And without technology, and especially new technology, it's going to be really hard to stay on top of your game. That actually is a good point. And it leads to our key question, which is when you're thinking about building high-performing teams, What's the game-changing realization that you had that really leveled up your capability in building high-performance teams and organizations? In past few years, technology is on a new level of the game because with the COVID experience that a lot of companies had all over the world, not just in the United States, we learned that in order to build a strong, capable team, we need to have people who understand technology and they can use. So in my position, I mostly work with an executive team where we're talking about people who have 40 years of experience and not necessarily believing in that technology can take us to new places where they used to sit down and have to face or have these meetings where everybody is on the same room drawing pictures or brainstorming, now demand has changed and they have to learn how to use the new technology and new capabilities in order to come up with the same success level, if not even better, but using something that can help bring teams uh, remotely together. And I think that's the biggest challenge that continues to be 
in many organizations. I agree with your observation that especially in the post-COVID world, HR organizations need to leverage technology effectively to conduct business. How would you respond to someone who says, I understand the value of technology. I understand how that can be a big impact to what an organization is trying to achieve, but technology can't be the be all end all of your solutioning. There's got to be other things that you look at. So when you're applying a full context to the conversation, what are some of the other things that HR leaders and leaders in general need to be thinking about in addition to technology to make sure that they're positioned for success when that deployment happens? Uh, I think that will be engagement. Uh, to me, technology, of course, it's the driving force of uh, what we need to do to stay on top of uh, our game, but engagement coming from your employees, from your executive team, from all the stakeholders, it's extremely important. Let's bring a simple example. What if in your organization, they deciding to bring a new tool and you have a group of people who are excited about it and they want to learn and they want to use it to all extents. And there is few people who like, not. We had a way that it always worked for so many years. Why would we change? So this is where you're having a gap. And to me, the companies who are bringing new technology or introducing new, new technology, they have to have this period of introduction. Without introduction, without training, they're not going to be successful. And expectation is that, okay, we're sending you an email. There is a link. Go learn it. It's not always working. When there is a new technology... The company, the leadership needs to take time to go over it, to do the training, to do the introduction and explain why they're changing the way that it used to be to something new. And without understanding the why, people will not be uh, engaged. I really like what you said there. If I'm hearing you correctly, the things that you're mentioning in terms of explaining the why, that seems to be speaking from a technology adoption perspective. But I want to think a little bit earlier in the cycle. So before a technology is even implemented, what are the major considerations those leaders need to factor in before they make a technology decision? Believe it or not, even nowadays, there are a lot of companies, especially small-sized companies, who do uh, everything in papers. All their processes, starting with payroll, finishing with the benefits, it's all done in papers, sometimes on Excel spreadsheet, but that's the extent of technology as they know. And when something happens and they hit by an audit from IRS, or you, then this is where they start panicking because they don't have any structure. They don't remember which paper went where. They don't know what's the extent when it comes to federal and state regulations, how long they have to keep which record and gets very messy. And then it results in penalties. And when the uh, owners of the companies or the leaders of the companies are faced to pay lots of penalties to the government, this is where they are reaching out to HR professionals and, hey, help us what we can do. And this is where the technology is going to come and play a role. And this is where I say, it's not just, okay, now you have, I don't know, a payroll structure, go and use it. No, you have to have people who understand how to use it. You have to have training to teach them what are the next steps and how to approach it. And it, it's not something that can be done overnight. So that is very important to uh, I think to do an assessment, SWOT analysis, uh, and understand where the weaknesses of the company and where your company wants to be, and then 
do a really good market research, go and shop for different platforms and tools before you can see what is more adaptable for your company. If you're domestic, you're international, if you are in healthcare or if you're in oil and gas, it all has different demands and different needs, how you have to support your human resources group or build your best practices. And the same thing, for example, one of the companies that I started, they had a major issue with their compliance with us. And again, the whole issue was with not being able to track the documents and not being able to match the documents the way that they're supposed to be or the way they're supposed to be reported. And uh, these kind of things lead to uh, court cases or uh, really <laughs> big fees that the companies need to pay. One of the things that I gathered out of what you just described is the need for a, a pretty defined documentation process on how something is done, but that's got to be paired with where we're going. So the process from identifying where you are and getting to a future state can be pretty complicated. And you mentioned an example of a lot of organizations that are doing a lot of manual processes that might be documented on paper with no clear framework in place. What's your advice to those organizations that might not even be aware that they have a problem that they need to consider? What I've learned through my experience is there is a, a couple of the scenarios that's going to happen. Scenario number one is, like I said, they're going to get an audit. And this is where they will learn that, okay, we don't know where our staff is and we don't know how to respond to this audit, especially if it's a government audit. Number two, if the company wants to grow. For example, if your company of 20 or 30 and then rapidly your business um, is taking off and in a few months you're already looking at 50, 60 employees, this is where the challenge comes in because there is a lot of federal laws and regulations that now are going to start uh, applying to your company because you are going from small size to mid-sized company and you're hiring more professionals now, you have you have to think about retention, you have to think about your benefits, you have to think about compliance issues, and you're not ready because you haven't thought about that. This is being retroactive and trying to catch up to see how to handle an issue when it's already at hand. And the third is some companies are trying to merge or there is an acquisition and there is an interest from a potential buyer and this is where, again, they ask to provide some documentation or some information about the company's internal processes. And they're facing that, you know what, we don't have it. Maybe we have an Excel spreadsheet that we're using to do a manual, uh, using some simple payroll systems to just to do the bare minimum. But that's it. But with merger and acquisitions, they want to know more than that. They want to know uh, what are your current employee status, if you have court cases, if you know how you keep your records. This is the point where a lot of companies like this, the three major scenarios where the companies are going to start looking onto, oh my God, what we have to do? Do we have processes or how we have to approach? And this is where they would go to seek professional help to figure out what they actually need. Because in, most of the time, they don't even know what systems they need to have everything to improve. What I gather from what you just explained is that in those scenarios where an organization or a group of leaders doesn't know that they have an issue, they should probably start asking themselves, what are the blind spots that we might not be thinking about or we might not be aware of? And just start with that question. What are all the things that we don't know based on our current process that we need visibility to? Does that sound like the direction that you were going? 
Yes, that will be an ideal if company leadership thinks about that. But in most cases, they are more concerned about the profits, which is current, which is today. And like I said, until it hits to a point where they understand that now if we want to grow or if there's an audit or there is an acquisition or other scenarios where they have to look into their processes and being able to easily identify what are their weaknesses, they're not going to look into doing something about it. You don't put a Band-Aid until there is a scratch. And I don't think that's the right philosophy. And I think programs like this are really needed for leaders to watch because this is something that's going to prompt them to think about, you know what, let me see what we have there. What are our processes when it comes to logistics, when it comes to human resources, when it comes to our accounting, and then based on that to make some decisions? There's an aspect of what you just said that I think I can apply some of the stuff that I used to do when I was building out teams, and that's this. What about the current way that we're doing this? could be extremely damaging if it ended up as front page news. What is it about what we're doing right now or how we're doing something right now? If it ended up making the papers, what is the gap that could end up really being super negative? What are your thoughts about that question being asked as the way to uncover some of the gaps that exist within the organization that need to be solved from a transparency perspective? How to cover the gaps, but probably being proactive and finding solutions to it. And one of the professors from my university, he said, I believe in wisdom of this class, meaning that you have to trust that people you hire, you have to trust uh, professionals that you hire and let them sometimes give you a directions that can be helpful to companies' growth. Lilith, great conversation. We flew through a lot of stuff. So one of the things that I'd like you to do is for those who have listened to this point and they want to build out a framework for their decisioning process when it comes to making a technology decision. What's your key takeaways that you would offer them that they need to consider before they decide to implement any technology? Uh, number one, be proactive. Number two, do a market research. Look at your competitors, see what they're using, how successful it is for them, and then make a very educated decision. There is a lot of products for everything out there, starting with HR, finishing with accounting, in between logistics, just make sure that you have the right tools for your organization size, your organization's field. And I think that will be really helpful. Great stuff, Lilith. Where can people find you? I'm on LinkedIn, so uh, that's easy. I really appreciate you hanging out with us and sharing your insights. The biggest things that I take away from this conversation is that if we're building a framework for positioning organizations for success when they actually implement technology. Here's what I gathered from the conversation. So the first step is to identify the current process and map out what that looks like. If you haven't done mm -hmm. that, you're not ready for technology. Once you've identified that process, you need to have a deep understanding of what are you trying to get to or solve? If you haven't done that, you're not ready for a technology implementation. Then once you've done both of those things, you need to communicate from a vision perspective and a messaging perspective. Why are we making the change? How does this benefit the people that are going to be impacted? How does this give them more hours in the day? So once you've done those three things, so map out the current process, define what the goal or outcome, desired outcome is, 
and then communicate the impact that it's going to have at the employee level. Once you've done those three things, then you're ready to move forward with a technology decision. And if you haven't done that, you're probably going to make a bigger mess than you have currently. So that's what I gathered from our conversation. I'm glad that you hung out with us to share that with everybody who's listening. For those who have checked out the show and like what you've heard, leave us a review and we will be back with another featured guest a week from now. And we'll have another great piece of insight on how you can build a high-performing team. Thanks for listening to this episode of the HR Impact Show. We hope you liked the conversation. Don't forget to continue supporting us by joining the HR Impact community. You can find the community at www.engagerocket.co slash HR Impact. Tune in next time where we'll have another guest who's going to share with us the game-changing insights that help them build high-performing teams.